0: life change when I saw it up close and personal. Some of you have heard the story before. I was, I was almost 14 years old, and I watched as my dad had a miraculous change of heart. He went from being a man who, who believed that God was a fairy tale, he was an atheist, to being a man within a week's time who professed Jesus as his Lord. Um, and not only that, not only was that his profession with his mouth, but, but I watched as his life began to change. He went from being a very tortured man um, just struggled with a lot of things, with addictions, other things, and I watched as God started to make him into a better man. See, that didn't only just change my family, and it changed my family, but it changed forever my view of God and what he does in this world. See, for a long time, I I used to see God as this, this flat, black and white, two-dimensional kind of character, something that you read about in a book. But when I saw what God did in my family, it brought God into to vibrant color. It made him 3D. It made him alive. And I realize that for a lot of us as Christians, what we do is, is we, we treat God like, like he's some picture in a museum or we're curators. We're paying homage to some old story, but it has no power or life. And the reality is that God is a passionate, relentless pursuer of people. He is a rescuer who is offering people like us wholeness. He just doesn't stop. And see, through my own experience, my eyes became open to to, to looking for God's activity in the world, looking for for real signs of life change. And, And I see it all over the place. You've got to see it some of it today, that God is involved in changing things, really. But the reality is that most of us live life not believing that. We don't see that. Most of us live our lives locked into the assumption that things don't change. right? That, that people don't change. That God is far off and distant, that he is uninvolved, he is removed. He may have involved himself in human affairs at one time, but he doesn't do that anymore. See, most of us believe that life is always going to be exactly what it has been and this happens even to church people, and I, I don't even understand this. I don't know how to explain this, but, you know, church people come in here week after week, and, and I don't know why you do it, but you come here week after week, and you expect nothing to change. You expect uh, nothing to, 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 to happen. You come in, you go out, and why? Why do you come if you don't believe that God can do something? I, I don't understand it. See, there's nothing for me that's more tragic than a life where change is not a possibility. Especially when you know that you're the person who needs to change. You know what I mean? Like like when you stumble over the same temptation for the 10,000th time and you're so fed up with yourself and you feel so hopeless and you want to believe that you can get over it but but you think for 10,000 times I haven't been able to, what's going to be different the next time? Or those times in life where you hurt someone that you really care about and you don't know why you keep hurting them, but you do. And you wonder this time, are they going to actually move on? Are they going to forgive me? Are they going to give me another shot? I don't know. Or what about just when you're, when you're numb? Or when your heart becomes hard? What about when you have a life that is the life that you thought you always wanted? You've really got nothing to complain about, except there's no joy in the middle of it. There's no, there's no peace. There's no richness. There's no abundance. It feels empty. And your heart is hard. See, I think too many of us believe that we're stuck, that nothing's gonna change, that our circumstances can't change, that, that people around us who have hurt us they can't change, that, that we ourselves can't change. And there's nothing more tragic than that. Not only is it tragic, though, it's a lie. See, today, I hope you've seen enough to know that it's a lie, that, that life change is not something that just happens to, you know, 10 people that we've talked about here today, but life change is something that God is active in doing all over the world, that life change is something God wants to bring to you. Paul put it so perfectly, the Apostle Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, this is what he said, he said, Therefore, we do not lose heart. See, how many of us lose heart thinking that we're stuck, that nothing can change, and so we give up on life, we give up on living, we give up on hope? And Paul says, no, 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 don't don't do that, don't do that. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though life is hard, we don't lose heart, he says. Though outwardly we are wasting away, though outwardly things are going bad for us and we're crushed and we're pressed on every side and, and we're fragile and we're being beat up, although that's true outwardly, yet inwardly God is doing something, he's renewing us day by day. For our light and momentary troubles, the things that seem so big and and really are big for us now, they're light and momentary troubles, but they are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So here's what he says. He says, so instead of looking at our troubles, instead of looking at how stuck we are, instead of looking at how you know, broken life is, he says, We fix our eyes not on what is seen all around us, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. See, Paul says, if you keep looking around the world and, and, and you, just, you just think about what's wasting away, what's fading, what's difficult, what's hard, you'll miss what God is doing. See, that's what our human perspective does. We look around the world, we look even within ourselves, and we see nothing but desperation, nothing but hardship, trouble, wasting away. We see no way out. Everything that we see when we look around the world is is preaching a message to us, and that message is you are stuck as is. Life change doesn't happen. And the more you look around the world, the more you'll just come to that conclusion naturally. But God says don't look there. Instead, fix your eyes on that which is unseen and eternal. See, I hope that's what we've been able to do here today is is just to fix your eyes on something else through the stories of these people, on what God is doing, Not, not the parts of us that are broken, but the things that God is doing to replace those things, to renew us day by day. I hope you've been able to fix your eyes on the unseen work of God that's happening all around you. I mean, if for nothing else, just look at the cross of Jesus Christ. If you need to fix your eyes on something, look there. I mean, in in the most hopeless moment in human history when we took the Son of God and nailed him to a cross, human wisdom would say, well, see, that's exactly what we do. We take something beautiful and we destroy it because that's what we do as humans. And yet, what did God have in mind? God knew that he had a plan to take that tragedy, and within hours, by Easter Sunday, he would redeem it all, and he would bring light into the world. He would bring hope into the world. He'd bring forgiveness and grace and mercy and relationship. See, fix your eyes, not on your present temporary hardships. Stop believing that your struggles and the difficulties and the circumstances of your life are gonna be this way forever, but begin to fix your eyes on that which is unseen. A God who loves you, who has an eternal love for you. Because here's the now open secret. Not only is God capable of changing your life, but he is willing. Today I want you to know that there is more to life than what you've experienced up to this point. Even if what you've experienced up to this point has been pretty good. And when you invite God in, when, when you just let him do what he does, God can begin to replace all that is old and dying and stuck and hopeless, all that is wasting away. He can begin to renew it day by day and replace it with something that's eternal, not just for others, but for you. In just a moment, we are going to have, we're going to experience a sacred moment. It's communion, the Lord's Supper. And I think if if life change is going to happen to us, man, this moment is as likely as, as any that God will begin to do something eternal in our heart because he's going to come to us in the true body and blood of his son, Jesus, which is just unthinkable to me, that God is going to come and commune with me, that he's not going to be distant at all, that he's near to me, a sinful man like me. Before we come forward and receive God into our lives and just let him do his work, I want you to to stand with me right now as we pray a prayer of confession, really, as we open up our hearts and just acknowledge what we need God to come in and make right. Pray with me. Father, today we acknowledge before you that we have too often fixed our eyes on that which is fading away and dying and that which is frustrating and that which feels hopeless. Father, we've stopped believing that change is possible. And in so doing, Father, we confess that we have doubted your character, we've doubted your goodness, we've gotten angry with you. We've walked away from you. We've let our hearts be filled with doubt over you. We've stopped believing that you love us. We've stopped believing that you're good. We've stopped believing in your power, and we confess that. We've ignored the clear testimony of your work all around us. We've ignored the clear testimony of your scripture. And God, we have believed that we are stuck. We've believed the lie of the evil one who's telling us that life is hopeless, that there is no change, that there is no renewal. Father, we we have clung on to that which is worthless, that which is dying, that which is wasting away. We've held on to those things with, with our dear lives, thinking that's all there is, not willing to let you take those things from us and to give us something new. Father, we confess this, All before you as our way of saying that we need you we need what only you can do we believe that you're powerful we believe that you're good we believe that you're forgiving and merciful slow to anger abounding in love we believe that you forgive us 70 times 7 that you forgive us over and over and over again that there is no limit to your grace so God inspire us today to trust you inspire our hearts to believe to seek after what you alone can give we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And as I mentioned in this very uh, sacred moment, God comes to us bringing hope, bringing forgiveness, bringing life, bringing change. On the night that our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, also after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, this cup. It is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Now do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. I invite you to be seated, but before you uh, start to come forward for communion, let let me explain something that's about to happen also. See, here's what I know. I know that these stories of life change that we've told today aren't the only stories of life change. In fact, I know that for some of you, the last year or two have been an incredible season of life change for you. And, and while we didn't get to tell your story here today, um, here's something that we want to invite you to do if, if you want to take us up on the offer. During communion, uh, if, you were, if you were someone who was baptized as a child or, or years ago, and you were given that gift, but you never really took hold of that gift. I mean, Jesus claimed you, but, but you never really took hold of that relationship. But in the last year or, or two, you finally got it. And you finally come into to your inheritance as a son or daughter of God. You finally are in a vital relationship with God and it's changing your life. If that describes you, then here's what we're going to ask you to do if you want. We're going to offer you the chance to participate in a, a baptismal affirmation or a, a baptismal remembrance right up here on the platform. It's not a rebaptism, but what it is is it's, it's a connection to your baptism. We'll just make the sign of the cross on you with a little bit of water, speak a prayer over you. It's a very simple thing. But here's why it can be powerful for you. Because it, it'll give you an opportunity to declare publicly what God's been doing in your life privately. And you just saw today that that's powerful. Not only for the people who did it, but it's powerful and inspiring for everyone else. And so again, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm speaking to your heart today and you're one of those people who in the last year or two, you've come into a vital relationship with God for the first time and, and what he gave you in your baptism is, is finally unfolding in your life, then here's what I invite you to do. As people begin to move for communion, because we know you don't like to stand out much, um, you're just going to head out to the right doors over here, the right exit doors, at the, at the right of our auditorium sanctuary here. There's some staff members out there. They're going to direct you on what to do next. Ultimately, you'll come up here and you can participate in the rite of affirmation. Now, um, here's my last word. No one should feel forced to do this, to come forward. If I'm standing up there and no one comes, guess what? That's not a failure. I'm not going to feel bad about that. You shouldn't feel bad about that either. Don't make, let this make you uneasy. What this is, is simply an opportunity. You don't need this. I, I, we don't need this, but this is an opportunity for you to go public with your love for Jesus and all that he's done for you. It's a way for you to go public and say, Jesus is changing my life. I finally get it. And you might inspire someone along the way. So um, I hope you got that. If I've totally confused you, good news, there's some people in the hallway over there who can put it better than I can. And i uh, will explain it to you, but, but if, if God's prompting you right now to say, you need to move during communion, then go over there and talk to those people and, uh, and just make public what God is doing in your life and uh, maybe inspire some others. Now, for the rest of us who aren't going to participate in that, God is going to do something miraculous, eternal, and changing. Life change begins here in communion with himself. Welcome now to the Lord's table.
1: Where I've been Looking at old photographs I'm remembering You were right there And you have been ever since With every page that turns I see your faithfulness Ooh, the mountain where I climbed the valley where I fell, you were there all along, that's the story I'll tell, you brought the pieces together, made me the storyteller, now I know it is well, it is well, that's the story I'll tell. They would last forever, but You kept me breathing. You were with me right there, and all that You have done for me, I could never hold it in. So, so here's me done. telling this story over and over again. Ooh, the mountain where I climbed, the valley where I fell. You were there all along,
2: that's the story I'll tell. You
1: put the pieces together, made me be the storyteller. Now I know
2: it is well, it is well, that's the story I'll tell. Yeah. Us, or that you do for us, the love that you shed for us. I want to encourage you as we're in this moment, just take a minute to to pray out to God, to have time of personal reflection, and just begin to meet with Him.